Welcome to Straight From The Horse's Mouth, where we cut the BS and give you the truth all about sports. I'm Eric Rasho, hosting the show with my good friend Bryce Olden. What's up, what's up, what's up, what's up? We are back in the building for episode 15. Um, first, I'd like to... First, my mom's birthday was this past weekend. So first, I want to give a special you know, happy birthday to you, mom. Big part of my life. Uh, obviously, wouldn't be here without her. Um, I wasn't able to celebrate with her, so I'm going to do something this upcoming weekend. So just happy birthday, mom. And also, song of the day today, inspired by... Everybody know the Batman trailer came out. It was nice. Did you see the trailer? I know. It was dope. It looked good. Because the, the villains are going to be the Riddler, Catwoman, and uh, Penguin. And in the trailer, they play... You know Divine. You know Divine, right? You know, like Teen Spirit Divine, Kurt Cobain. They played uh, the Nirvana song called Something in the Way. The vibe of the song just set the mood for the whole trail. I'm pumped. The movie come out next year. I'm dope. But the song of the day is Something in the Way by Nirvana. When you get a chance, check it out. Don't, it is not an upbeat song, so don't be out with your fan. Don't be in a car. Somebody say, all right, turn the song on. You got ox core. You turn on something in the way. It's going to drop the mood. I mean, everybody depressed. <laughs> but if you're at home and you're chilling and, you know, play something in the way, Nirvana. But uh, let's get to it. All right, so we're going to start in the NBA, of course. And right now, every game as of, um, earlier today, the Bucks and Magic did. Um, the Bucks did not come out to play. Mm-hmm. They did not come onto the court, so that has postponed every single NBA, NBA game for today, and I'm guessing likely tomorrow, as a statement to um, the death of Jacob Blake. Jacob Blake, who was who was in is that was from the Marquee Bucks in Wisconsin. So that was in Wisconsin. Right. So it took very close to them. Um, obviously around the world, obviously around the U.S. and the world, I'm guessing, but for the Bucks, a lot closer to home. So they have, um, I guess you'd say pro- protesting, and so that has caused them to postpone. Even the WNBA has also postponed all of their games for today as well. Bryce, so, uh, so when I first heard this, first when I first heard about the potential, because I heard uh, Marcus Smart spoke out about it, and so did George Hill. When I first heard about it, I was like, I was kind of, you know, mixed emotions. First, I understood it, right? I don't know if they were for real. I just thought it was talk, too. Why? They felt like it was more serious this time because let's let's kind of let's backtrack a little bit. Was it a month or two months ago? Kyrie Irving, remember, tried to, you know, Dwight Howard's involved, A.B. Bradley. They tried to convince the guys, hey, maybe we should boycott the games, right? right. And I was on the mindset that... Mm, Whole season. Right. I was on the mindset, like, no, go ahead and, you know, finish the games or whatever. You know what I mean? Trusting your brothers to, to to keep the message on. Two months later, a month later, I'm starting to understand that maybe that was the wrong decision. But, I, again, I'm still not sure because here's the thing, right? Because what Marcus Smart said about it was he was like, the, his mind, the way he was thinking was maybe if we, if they boycott, if we boycott the games, then maybe the owner of the Milwaukee Bucks, right, maybe he, because we all know, Money moves the world, right? You every know what way, I mean? Every, every way. So he was thinking, like, and I, I, I was like, okay, I'm kind of with him. He's like, maybe if we boycott the games and it affects the Milwaukee Bucks, maybe the owner of the Bucks, you know, maybe he'll kind of, like, hey, put some pressure on, you know, the, the, the governor, the, city, the mayor, yeah. the DA, whoever. You know what I'm right, saying? To put some, right. hey, look, they, you messing up. You know what I mean? Because money moves the world. So I, I agree with that. That, that. that I was like, okay, that makes sense. The only thing, my thing is, the people who don't get the message, the people who disagree or defy it, they're not watching the NBA. Like, 
as crude and as as mean as it's gonna sound, them not them, them choosing to not play will be the equivalent of say NASCAR decided, oh, we're not gonna race today. The people like like myself who don't watch NASCAR, we would go on by our merry day. We would lose no sleep if NASCAR was like, all right, we're not, we're boycotting. Right, NASCAR. But basketball is a bigger sport than NASCAR. It is, but the people who normally who would like who people who seem to be on the opposite side of this fight or disagree with this, most likely typically aren't people who are watching NBA. They're NFL fans. Uh, <laughs> and I get it's NASCAR been, fans. That's just, it's very stereotypical. Not that you're wrong. Yeah. I'm just saying that is very stereotypical. They're probably baseball fans. Now, th- now, that's the key right there. If the MLB, if them dudes say, hey, we, we're not playing on baseball, now we got to the NFL, which is their most important. Or the, oh, well, if the, the NFL, NFL said, no, nah, now we, it's <laughs> going. If the, if the NFL, NFL players. day of the week. They please, have two days. NFL players, please. Now, I understand NFL is different because the money in NFL is probably the worst as far as, like, right. these guys. Nothing's guaranteed. So, I get it for them. I understand. Especially in this climate with COVID, NFL checks, you got to get it while you can. You got to get it while you can because the owners will snatch it quicker than for all the, any other sport in the NFL. But, um. If they made a stand. It's just an unfortunate situation all, all the way around, man. Uh, did you see the video? I did not. It's 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 one of those things where you've seen it once, you've seen it all. Like I didn't, I didn't even like people send me the video was posted everywhere about of him getting shot, and I didn't even want to watch it because I already seen that I've seen that movie before, I've seen that outcome before. Mm-hmm. The only difference is he survived, he's alive. Right. He's paralyzed, but he's here, so he gets to tell his side of the story. And he go he's gonna get his day in court, and I hope he will because which I think is the biggest difference between all these. We're, we're, they're all fighting dead black men. Yeah, he lived. And yeah, the, and he was shot multiple times. Point blank, right? Boom, 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 boom. In his back. Yeah, in his back. His kids was in the car too. So it's different when you get shot in the back, not versus the front. Mm-hmm. I mean, regardless of whatever you have, like like the one of the Wendy's pointing the taser, but he was still running the opposite direction. Right, right. So that's the interesting thing is that. Autopsy says it was in the back, so you can't really say that it wasn't in the back because it was. And uh, and obviously, people, we're we're a sports podcast, right? So we try to relate it back to sports, but you know, just twenty twenty, and we got to be a bit more what's the word controversial, not well, afraid. Well, and it started, and, and it started with because I'm I, the bit the first thing where I really heard it was from the Bucks. I follow on Instagram, and I read this statement, and that's really what opened me up to uh, about the murder. So. We're, we're a sports podcast, but this has affected sports directly. So sometimes we, yes, we dive into a little bit yeah. about, you know, how it happened and things like that. But it has affected the sports world in, in, in tons of ways. The basketball is just the one right now that's yeah. the one that has the opportunity to take a stand. And and I already know what's going to happen as far as, like, the basketball the thing is the powers that be, the people who are, they're going to be like, oh, those guys, those guys to play or whatever. We don't, you know what I mean? Like, again, them not playing – the audience who's typically on the opposite side of this, they won't affect them. But again, I hope MLB and the NFL guys jump on the board. But my question is, what is at what point does fear give you uh, the excuse to, to lash out? You know what I mean? Like, it's different if I'm in my home. And again, if I'm in my home and... Or the police officers in this home, and I break in. Yeah, go ahead and put about fifteen in me. I deserve that. All right, cool. You go. You know what I'm saying? But at what point does if I'm going one direction? It's like in football, right? Mm-hmm. 
if the plate is on one side, right, you can't just, and I'm on the other side. Can't let me out. I don't have to go to that side and get in the melee. Well, you don't, well, one, you can't be laid out either, right? right from from somebody who's right. just you know in in the path. Right. I don't. If the play is way over there and I'm over here and there's nobody by me, I'm safe. There's no way I'm getting injured or hurt. But it, I, but if you choose to go into the to the tackle somebody, something may happen. You may get hurt. Something may happen. But you're going toward the danger. You're going toward the action. At what point does if I'm going this way? And you fear for your life, but you but the entity that you're fearing, you still go towards. At what point does that make any damn sense? Well, I think it's the, it's the ill teachings they're taught to eliminate the threat, which means one they don't unload they unload multiple bullets, mm-hmm. you know, as many as they can, because they're not like military boom boom like two you done. Right. But they're taught almost like they're killing missions, like like right. like, like you pull it out, you, you you let go. Like there's no like. A st- they need to focus. They spend, I think, I think it was a study, two hours out of their training. I don't know if it was a year. I, I can't remember exactly. Mm-hmm. I, I apologize. It's not our thing. Two hours practicing de-escalation and tons of money and hours on shooting. Yeah. Like, their job, like, why? Like, learn, teach them how to handle someone who has mental disease, who, you know, Someone who's um, in a hysteria moment, like teach them to de-escalate that situation, mm-hmm. rather than just you know be quick to pull the trigger and brandish their weapon on somebody. I got a quick story. So a couple of years ago, I want to say about 2016, I was out in the club or whatever, and uh, a, a guy, yeah, you know, <laughs> a guy bumped into me and another guy. Right, we in a club, it's packed. That makes sense. I'm going to get run into. I already know that before I go in. So he bumps into me and this guy, and the other guy looks at me and like flashes a gun, right? He goes, uh, "Why is he black?" Black guy. Okay. He goes, "You know, if, if it happens, you know, he's dare somebody to bump into me again, right?" In my head, right, danger. That's a threat. You know what I did? You looked it away. My crew that was in there. Hey, woo hoo! We out. Well, you left the whole place. Yeah. Oh, okay. Danger. Threat me leave. <laughs> Danger threat me no go toward. That's yeah. what I'm. That's what I'm trying to get. It, it, I don't care if you're a police officer. The only time you should. The only time it makes sense is when you're actually engaged in like warfare. You know what I'm saying? Like somebody's actively coming against right. you. That makes sense. But if I'm walking away from you and the only thing you see is my back, and that puts fear in you, then it means that it's not the back that's putting fear in you. It's the color that's putting fear in you. And at that point, wow. that's where the change that comes. That was intense. I'm, well, it's the truth. So, um, shout out to all the NBA players for taking a stand. It, it's nothing new. The NBA has been the lead, the leader in a cultural, you know. But the fact that they just didn't play. Like, yeah. we got the shirts on. Everyone's got, you know, got the thing on the back of the jerseys. Mm-hmm. We Black Lives Matter t-shirts. Yeah. Coaches wearing the, you know, racial justice, but not playing. Yeah. Especially for, I mean, it could be, I don't know if they're going to forfeit the game. Like, I, I mean. Yeah, shout series, out, but, but once again, shout out to the Bucks. Yeah, once again, yeah, no, shout out to the shout out to the Bucks for leading the way. But once again, uh, all the guys, man, in the NBA, and I know Adam, I know Adam Silver is a bit disappointed right now because I know because I know how hard he worked to get to get the uh, the bubble back, and I think he's the best commissioner in sports. You know what I'm saying? And I know how hard he worked just to to get them back. So I just hope that uh, Adam Silver. Now, we're trying to record the podcast, people. 
But, you know, people come in and out and interrupt us. But that's cool. We just going to roll with the punches anyway. But anyway, I know how Adam Silver, how, much, how hard he worked. But, you know, I think this is the right thing. I think they'll play again. He's got, he's got, he's got to take that. It, it'll be two or three days. Not saying that it's going to be like, that it's not a big deal. But mm-hmm. just the one game, one yeah. whole day, two whole days is a big deal. So, I think it'll be, I think it'll be enough just to get, yeah. get, it, get the ball moving at a higher speed than it would necessarily. And history proves. History shows. That when you're on the right side of history, you get rewarded for it later, right? right. Baseball, while was while the, the the lead they had on the NFL was short, they got rewarded for you know integrating black players, right? Because they did that before. I want to say they did that really before. Nineteen nineteen forty. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm blanking on when Jackie Robinson came to the league. I should know that as a black man, but. I'm blanking. I keep thinking it's 1947. Well, I'm just saying, like they they were it helped it helped them, right? Mm-hmm. They got they got brownie points for that, right? Um, so history shows that when you're on the right side of history of stuff like this, you'll get rewarded later. I honestly believe the NBA, the track record they're on, just from a youth standpoint, but popularity standpoint, and now a cultural, you know, moral standpoint, I think 20 years from now. They'll be. I truly believe twenty years from now they'll be the number one sport in the United States. I, I could be wrong, but I, I truly believe the, the trajectory they're on just across the board. I just think they're going to be the best. Right. Now we move on to a little more sports topic and very, uh, I'm going to say opinionated here. Mm-hmm. And what I mean is we're going to talk about the Philadelphia 76ers. Trust the process, so, people. That's what w- they told us. So the Celtics were the third seed, and the Philadelphia Sixers were six seed. Not. Those upsets are fairly common, yeah. Typically, because six seed, either one they're a really bad six seed, or two they've been unlucky six seed. So three and six seeds can go pretty interesting yeah, when, they, when, when they play in the playoffs. That was a sweep, not a gentleman sweep, not a. It wasn't even. I don't even think it was a competitive series at all. Nah. There was one game that was sort of close, and we're talking about guys like Embiid, Tobias Harris. I know you're not a fan, nope. but Tobias Harris, Josh Richardson. I'm just saying he's okay. He's pretty he's a pretty good player. Mm-hmm. They got swept by the by the Boston by a very young still Boston Celtics team. Yep. Easy. And we're gonna hop back before we get into about that. 2013, Sam Hinkie was the general manager of the Philadelphia 76ers who started the process. The process, right? We're all very familiar with Joel Embiid's famous catchphrase. Well, the, trust the process trust because process. he's also been brainwashed. Right. And I think that's the appropriate word. Tell us a story, Bryce. So, I just kind of want to point it, paint a picture for everybody. So, I want people to kind of remember what the 76ers were like coming out of the Allen Iverson era pre-process. They weren't, like, they weren't, by no means were they picked to win a damn thing. Like, no one ever was like, the 76ers are going to win a championship. But they had some very quality players. Andre Iguodala was still was, there. He was young. Drew Holiday was an all-star. Was an all-star. Uh, they had a couple. Of, Andre Miller was still there. They had a couple of good quality guys. Thaddeus Young actually yeah, had a nice yeah, little yeah. run there with the 76ers. But they were good. Like, mm-hmm. they, you know what I mean? They, they were, were competitive. Just, you know, one of those teams yeah. that you want to watch. And then Sam Hinkie gets there and does something that's almost sinful in sports, right? Because how many, how many rings do they have? One? 76ers? Yeah. I want to say they got one with, they have, they they have have one one with Dr. J. Dr. Right? J. Nineteen eighty-three. They went fo, one more fo, fo. They went one more time. And if they they went or won? No, they went. I think that they it, went it, twice, but they won one. Well, AI went. They went with AI, and, and oh, Dr. Right. J. And they went a couple of times when he was there. Uh, but 
And I think they won one back with Wook, but I think they were the Philadelphia Warriors at that time. I could be wrong. My uh, point is, is obviously somebody wanted them to win. Right. But So how are they going to do it? Right. <laughs> but he did, Sam Hickey did something that's almost sinful in sports, right? You lose on purpose. And this is before they had changed the the way the NBA did it. It was, it was as it's known in most sports, the race to the bottom. Right. So, right. But he tanked. And people and, and people are like, what do you mean he tanked? If you was to look at the 76ers rosters around that time, they were purposefully staying away from any pre, free uh, any you know premier or marquee free agents. They played a lot of young guys, knowing that all right, if we we're gonna lose a certain amount of games, so we can consistently draft at the top. How many? We 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 did this the other day. Five draft picks within the top ten. In the top ten, from more than that, I mean, you got no, no. Well, well, three of them were top three. Right. Three draft picks with from twenty thirteen to twenty twenty, that were in the top three. So, mm-hmm. and this is all. So this is all in the span of a few years because obviously they started to win some games. Right. These last couple of years, but three, top 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 three draft picks, with those three, adding on to other, they have five top ten draft picks. I thought. Right. So I, I'll kind of throw some names out there. So during this whole process, right, all these guys that they drafted was supposed to be a part of their future, right? They drafted Tony Roten out of Washington, right? They drafted Michael Carter-Williams. He was supposed to do big things. Obviously, they drafted Nerlens Noel out of Kentucky. They drafted Jaleel Okafor out of Duke. They drafted Joel Embiid out of Kansas. They drafted Ben Simmons out of LSU. They drafted Markel Fultz out of Washington. They drafted Dario Saric. They drafted Robert Covington. All of these players were supposed to be the crowning achievement. They were supposed to show, all right, guys, this is the way to do it. No more are you just going to be an idle team, sort of, like, sort of like the Joe Johnson Hawks or the DeMar DeRozan Raptors where you're competitive, but that's it. You're in no man's land. He tried to almost reverse engineer that process. He tried to cheat his way to the bottom. He tried to take a shortcut. And I'm glad and that... When you shortcut it, life shortcuts you. Right. And he didn't even live to tell that tale. He got fired. Um, they brought in my, Brian Colangelo. He's, he got who, fired for... Who resuscitated and kept the process going. Right. He, he, he got... Well, Brian Colangelo came around. To, when he came around, they were starting to kind of be competitive now because Embiid and Simmons were already there. My point is he was still a part of the process. Right. And he got fired for having the whole Twitter, burner Twitter accounts and all that kind of stuff. He's now disgraced, and I doubt he ever works in the league again. And now Elton Brand is here. And we go from 2013 to 2020, and here we are now. Brett Brown, the coach who was there the entire process, he's up out of there. He's fired. And now they're looking to trade possibly Ben Simmons. I doubt they trade Joel Embiid. Well, Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid are both not on the trade block, according, ben Simmons, according, I, to, according to the 76ers. They capping. Ben Simmons. <laughs> ben Simmons. I would be shocked if Ben Simmons finishes the season next year with the 76ers. Really? I would be shocked. Um, because... What people don't understand about this whole thing was it was the blatant disrespect toward the game that that this kind of rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. Like, you were, they were, it'd be one thing if they was like, all right, y'all, we're going to tank. But all the games, like, like they still, fans still have to pay a lot of money to go to these 66 games. Right. TV, you know what I mean? People, they were still getting TV deals. Like, you, you, you screwing people out of money. You know what I mean? You got guys, you give a lot of these young players false hope. They come into the league, oh, I got a counter in 76. It's like, nah, bro, you just here just so we can lose some more games. You ain't got a chance to win. Right. Every every young guy thinks, I'm going to be the next big thing. And, and you don't have an opportunity to be that person. Because don't, don't be surprised if there were some names that went by on that list that he let, read off. 
and you have never heard their name before. Right. Or at least you thought you heard their name and you don't remember what team they played for or where they at. Because as much as we do sports, there's at least three names I was like, oh, I didn't know that person was drafted by the 76ers. Right. And it also shows you just because you have the talent, you have to do something with it once they're in Absolutely. the building. You as see, much as mo- the, from the offices to the, to the court, I think. Right. As much as players win games. Right. The front offices put the pieces together, help them win those games sometimes. And the coaches have to develop them. Right. So let me get this straight, 76ers. So you draft all these guys. You sit them out a lot. A lot of these guys log a lot because of, of injuries. And let me get this straight. So no one ever thought, hmm, Joel Embiid, maybe you should, you know, take your, you know, diet and your off-season regimen, workout. Maybe you should take them more serious. No one ever thought that. Hey, Ben Simmons, uh, excuse me. Either you develop or a jump shot or you will be sitting at the and end of that bench. You need to shoot in the league. I'm sorry. This is this, like as much as great, great people dunk, like this is a shooting dominant league. Now, right. especially now, right. three-pointers is some some th- uh, teams live and die by that. Right. And the, it's the accountability that the 76ers did not have that pisses that really pissed a lot of people off, especially myself. Their accountability as far as choosing how to go about creating a franchise, a, a winning culture. We didn't create a winning culture. There was never I'm, anybody I'm could not, have been a better GM. I'm yeah. not surprised that they are that they got swept because they didn't have a winning culture to begin with. They like decided they, to establish a losing culture. And even from 2013, the only good year they really had was last it was year. Was last year. And and that's one year right. out of out of seven now. So one for seven, that is like 15%. So so out of all that those tanking you had the same number one pick odds, basically. Pretty much. And and also, I'm sorry, real quick before we go any further, I want to shout out um, their coach, Brett Brown. Yeah, former was, former coach. Brett Brown was no, we're not Brett Brown. Brett Brown. Brett Brown was fired on Monday, right after Bryce did call it on Saturday that he wouldn't live to see this podcast. Uh, yeah. Or Tuesday, so. And right for the show. So congratulations, Bryce. Thank you. That is. I think you're five for five so hey. far with the NBA. Hey. Recently. Uh, so uh, I just, <laughs> it's, it's not, it's not surprising, and they've had their chances. I mean, I did think because everybody I think felt the same way. Once the process was over, right? Once they established, okay, we this is our team. We're gonna win with these guys. So when they had Ben Simmons, MB, Sarge, and Covington, and TJ McConnell coming off the bench, once they established, okay, this is the roster that's gonna take us. So the, you know what I mean? We're gonna we're not gonna lose anymore. I was like, okay, cool. They're going the right direction, and they never quite got there because they never they did not know how to handle being. They didn't know how to take a losing team, a losing franchise, a losing culture and accountability. They didn't know how to take that into a winning franchise and a winning culture. And, and it's not to me not just because Sam Hickey got fired. To me, I, because some people say, well, what if he did get this thing? Maybe the process would have worked, and rightfully so. You have that thought, but. I think the hardest thing is, is going back to the game and the fact that he must have had that much pride to think, give me the give me the breakdown on how do you pick a prospect? Because no matter, I mean, you've seen it f- from the 70s to the earliest time to now. You cannot pick a prospect based on stats, no matter how much scouting you do. I mean, you, I mean even on 2K in the real world, in any, in any sport, no matter how much scouting you do, yeah. you cannot officially say this person is going to be a beast in the future. You've had the only two stars, the three that I can think of, is um, LeBron James, back in 85. Um, I'm sorry, man, Knicks. 
You Patrick Ewing? Patrick Ewing and Zion Williams. I mean, like Jordan was the number three, no, but no one thought he would be, you know, Jordan. Michael Jordan. Yeah. Clyde, they were good. Hakeem, these were good guys, but nobody was like 100% sold, unlike LeBron James. Patrick Ewing and Zion. You can throw you can throw Will Chamberlain in that list as well. Yeah, but that was that and, was, and that Kareem. Was, you can throw Kareem on the list. That, okay, I'll give Kareem. But even though I was still all and Magic, you throw Magic on the list. No, that, that was just Magic was in the eighties. Yeah. But my point is, is he was taking this gamble that I was Shaq, gonna be, throw Shaq on the list. We're not gonna throw, throw Shaq on the list like that. Like, he is he, guarantees, man. I I don't I, not that he was in the big guarantee. Guaranteed. Okay, but my point is, is there's there's people on that list, but. Look, I mean, then you can look at guys like Dwayne Wade, um, Stephen Curry, I would think, would be on that list. These, well, he was lottery, but yeah. um, uh, Draymond Green, mm-hmm. Isaiah game. Thomas, back in, back, in the to- back when he was playing good on the Kings, and, yeah. and Isaiah Thomas, a lot of these guys that, you, that, that I mean, he was the last pick in the draft, yeah. that end up playing very well, or even sometimes these guys are all-stars, because you cannot 100% assess somebody based on what you see. So the fact that he had 10 of these top picks, two of them still only play on the team right right now. Right. And some of the other guys, I don't, I think only two of them are still like decent names that you might remember. I, I don't remember. Well, I mean, most of those guys are still in the league. Like I'm saying, Nerlene's well, still, still in the league. They're all still in the league. But I'm saying like Nerlene's is a bust. He plays on Oklahoma City and does nine like, points, nine, you know, nine rebounds, if that, and comes off the bench and, does whatever to, to maintain. I wouldn't call him a bust. You, you called him a bust like two days ago. I nah. you told me he nah. was a bust. Nah, he wasn't. For a number one pick. He wasn't number one pick. Oh, that's right. He wasn't a number one pick, yeah. was he? Yeah. But I th- for a lottery pick. I I didn't think I didn't think that much of him. So. I know you did, but my point is, is expectation. Markel Fultz, I said, is a bust. You just said Nerlens Noel too. I don't think I said that. Well, I because I, I don't think I he, think I think he's a bust anyway. I, 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 for me, you get dressed that high. I'm just saying, like in general, you're gonna be a bust. Yeah. But, but Markel Fultz, huge. Yeah, uh, number one pick. Overall. And there's no disrespect to Markel Fultz. I know he's turned it around in Orlando, but he's the number one pick, and he. You ex- you have bad expectations. You number one pick. pick. You, would, you, you it's a, you're supposed to be a different counter counter, but that's that's beside the point. The 76ers and the whole trust the process failed. People, it failed. Uh, there's no way around yeah, it. Let's just say that. Um, it's over. Like I said, Brett Brown's gone. I think Ben Simmons will get traded to some team. I'm not sure what team now, but. It, it shows you that there are there are there are sports guys, right? There are basketball guys. You <laughs> cannot cheat the system. And the one time they came close to when they traded for you know Tobias Harris and they traded for Jimmy Butler, Kawhi Leonard hit one of the craziest shots ever to send them packing. Right? That's the closest taste they ever got but, to any type of success. Right. And it just shows you that in life oh, you cannot take the easy way out. You can't. Yes, losing sucks. Winning is hard. We all, anybody who has walked this earth will tell you that. It does not take long to understand winning is hard. Quitting a winning culture is personally, hard. Personally, I think the time will be there. And, and, I mean, the Bulls, it took a while, but they got there in the 90, in the 80s when they got Jordan. And, and then and then their coach, um, um, Phil Jackson, came around. The, the Lakers had a drought for 10 years, and then they had Shaq and Kobe come in. Um the ba- baseball, Cardinals took them 24 years from 82. The curse of Bambino for the Red Sox. Um, the Chicago Cubs, 107 years in any sport. Yeah, but but you know what the difference is? Those teams weren't trying to suck. 
They no, just no, no. they just were bad. So that's what I'm saying. They in, just were bad. That's what I'm saying is you want to trust the process. Trust the process that eventually it will, oh, yeah, that's it what will you're be saying. your turn. Yeah, yeah, yeah like, that's what you're saying. And I'm not saying every team needs to do this, but the Cubs played 107 years to win a world championship, okay? The Red Sox took a long time. Okay. The it's, and, and the it Red t- Sox hard. had the curse of Van Bieter from 1918 it's all the way to 2004. It's okay? hard to win. Like, we, like, we, there, it's. It is not everybody's, there's never, yeah. I was trying to come up with a cool phrase, but yeah, it's, it's hard. Yeah, when it's yeah. hard, it's, and it, and it takes sacrifice. Right, you not got, that kind of sacrifice right. though. You 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 draft your guys, you develop them. You hope for the best, and you hope for the best. You dream, you know what I mean. You do your job, you bring your free agents, but and, and to do what they did to make a mockery of of the league, you know what I'm saying? To because that was just an ugly stand, because, man. Embiid has good stats, but I, I'm gonna be a hater just because I feel like they compare him to Giannis, and you know, I'm, I brought, you know, I'm a big Giannis fan, yeah. obviously a Bucks fan. If you would take, because I didn't realize he was taking his diet seriously. Like, like well, you can look at him. I'm just saying, like Ben Simmons, the reason he was Roy, which he shouldn't have been, but he spent the whole year with the NBA team. But when if Embiid and some of these guys actually like put in the 110 percent when they get there to the league, like I mean, imagine where they could be at. But they tank because they had bad management over there. Yeah. And now it is. I mean, careers. I mean, Embiid has that problem now, but that's because nobody in that building in that building has what I'm the, saying. the gall to say, "Hey, dude, like." You know what would have been nice if Brent Brown was like, all right, look, check this out. I, I know I'm getting fired by the end of this year. I know that. Fair enough. Cool. But guess what? You better lose 10 If you don't look at Joel Embiid, you got 10 pounds to 20, lose. 15, 15. Well, I'm trying to think more realistic. If they say, I don't know what he weighs at now. But all right, you're 15. You got, you got, you got, uh, winter quarantine. When was that? Uh, was that? March. March. Look, Joel, check this out. No, realistically, if you want if you want to say that before you get there, you can lose 20, 20 yeah. 30 pounds right. in that many months. Right. Especially the fact that he's got every single possible money. But you, but you just want to see if he even has it in him. You better okay. look, Joe Lynch. Okay. You better hey, check this out. By the time you get back to, by the time we start practice in this bubble, you better be fifteen pounds lighter, and your body fat percentage better be what, five pounds, five percent is off, right? Right. If you don't meet that quota, you will not be playing for the Philadelphia Seventy Sixers in the playoffs. Hey, Ben Simmons, hey, check this out. You better be taking at least two threes per game once the season starts. Three. No, two. Two, two, two. You got to be okay. two. If you don't take two shots per game, guess what? You'll be sitting right next to your buddy Joel Embiid on his bench. Watching us lose. You know what I'm saying? Watching us lose. Because I don't give a damn anymore. Because at some, at some point, <laughs> right. at some point. <laughs> I'm out of a job. I'm going to figure this out. You got to show. You gotta, you, there has to be some accountability, which there never was for the 76ers. And this is just. This is just proof that you cannot. I keep saying it, and I'm gonna keep saying it. There is no easy way out to success. It's not. You can't cheat it. You can't take a shortcut. Right, and you can learn that. You can. Anybody tell you that? Yeah. And they try to, and this is the result. So I don't. I do not feel bad for them whatsoever. I feel bad for the fans for the Philadelphia. They got some. They got some passionate fans, but yeah. I, it is what it is, man. And I do feel kind of bad for the next subject, which is Paul George. As much as I'm a hater for Paul George, because I'm still waiting for playoff P to come out, except for the last game, 35 points mm-hmm. um, against the Mavericks came out. But I want to talk about uh, he was actually depressed for a long, long time because the bubble affects everybody differently, and mainly him because he's a star, so the lights are going to look at him. But um, he actually made a statement, which we're going to read here, and it says the bubble got the best of me. I was just trying to adjust to playoffs with no fans, away from the comforts of a home and the refuge of his normal environment. Um, provides. I'm sorry, that was not a, that part wasn't a quote, but just saying, you know, just no fans, the comfort of his home, because, you know. And then he goes, I was just in a dark place, and I wasn't, you know, I wasn't here. I checked out. And so the past couple of games, the people I've seen have been very interesting. 
Because um, even if a player has a bad night, I've seen players have bad nights, but just the way they perform and having bad nights, like shooting two for 14, you know, like you have Steph Curry 0 for 10 one time. He wasn't shooting that many shots either. He wasn't pulling the same Paul George. He wasn't being Paul George. And so he was had a lot of anxiety, a lot of depression, not being able to go back home, you know, on a homestand or just being in the bubble. And, you know, so now he had a good game last game, but his teammates were really ones to kind of help him out. I just think it's interesting because a lot of people felt this way quarantined at home, mm-hmm. you know, in their own home. But for a big star, I mean, I, th- I think it kind of helps not not just him, you know, playoff piece back, but to a human. Like, he's a human, just like everybody else. And I'm not saying that anything – like, athletes, yes, they have a lot of money, but they still have real-world problems. Right. So, and just for people who don't know what the hell we're talking about, uh, Los Angeles Clippers star guard Paul George – uh, has pretty oh, much sorry, did I did I brush over that? Yeah, I pretty much has pretty much stunk up the joint uh, for these past couple. Uh, pretty much these three, past three. these past couple of uh, oh, he was just, doing he was balling in seeding games, but then something changed came come playoff time, and we were all making fun of him because Paul George a couple years ago gave himself the nickname Playoff P. We were all making fun of it, and like like uh, Eric said, Paul he had a bounce back game yesterday, dropped thirty five points on the Mavericks, and. He spoke about it after the game, right? Because he was he was actually lashing out on social media, like he, you know, he was getting a bit right. more aggressive with people, and he kind of opened up the door to what he was kind of feeling, and he was saying, like Eric said, he's feeling a bit, you know, depressed and he's anxiety just being in the bubble and everything. And the NBA earlier this year, Kevin Love and Demar Derozan kind of opened up the door as far as talking about mental health in the NBA, because Kevin Love had an incident where he had to leave because he had a panic attack or something in the middle of the game, and. It's, it's, we're understanding now that just because you're an athlete, just because you have a lot of money, does not mean you feel different stuff than everybody else. You feel the you same. Might, you might hate them because of the money right. and all that stuff, but you go through the they same. They still have problems. Right. In fact, the money may actually make it more isolating because you, because you feel like people can't relate to you. You feel like people can't understand you. You also feel like you don't have the right to feel that way, right? Right, because you have everything at your feet. Right, he much. probably feels even more like, man, I'm... He's a big athlete, I'm not just an athlete. He's a big athlete. Clippers, you know what I'm saying? Like, like 15, why, $20 million dollars like, a year. I know for a fact that's probably how he felt. I shouldn't be depressed, but he is. And obviously, who am I? I know for a fact, because people, believe it or not, it's impossible to go through life without going through some type of episode of feeling depressed or feeling anxiety, or just feeling the weight of the world just kind of like crashing down on you. We all know what that feeling is like. And it's hard to operate. It's hard to move. It's hard to just right, do anything I besides mean, lay there and just be like, damn, what's right, going people on? People don't understand. Depression isn't like two or three. That Like, if you actually study the psychology, I'm sorry to get off, but no, you go ahead. like depression, there was a story my teacher told me, this girl sat on a couch for 36 hours one time and did not move, and that was depression. Mm-hmm. She fell flat on her face and couldn't hear what people were telling her depression. So nine points a game, the way he was feeling about just his whole attitude. Yeah, that, that's, that's depression. It's not just he's sad and he's you know missing home. Like, like depression is a mental illness, is, is, is a problem that, yes, they have medication for, but they, that needs to be dealt with yeah. because it causes a lot more than just I'm feeling sad today. Yeah. That's, depression is, is, is an extensive thing. And what we know then is what we know now, he's, he, he shouldn't have been out there. Like now that I know, now that we know like, why he was playing the way he was playing, he he should have been out there because I was one. I was under the assumption because uh, Kevin Garnett, uh, when he was working for TNT, I don't know if he still does, but when he was working for TNT before the playoffs, like last year, the year before, he had like these little 
uh, commercial things they were doing about the playoffs, whatever. And he was like, uh, you have an off night, you know, so what? A judge, get on the floor, get some steals. I was like, and I was thinking the same thing with Paul Jordan. I'm like, I don't care if you ain't making no shots. Like, play some defense, get some steals, get some rebounds, right. do something. But now I know he shouldn't even been out there. Right. He should have been, you know, maybe talking to somebody, a psychiatrist or something like that, somebody who has, you know, more, you know, and I'm sure somebody's down there. Them. I'm sure somebody, I know they got somebody down there. I'm sure they ain't just had them guys like that. But, you know, Shout out to Paul George for even having the, uh, you know, the the, Ball. the balls. Yeah, I don't know. I was trying to think of a more classier word, but you know, for just coming out and just just speaking on that, you know, because it takes courage. Because nobody wants to hear about a millionaire basketball player who's right. depressed. And the most time, I mean, he, I mean, he's 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 not like he's not your sixth, seventh, eighth man. He's he's a star who right. makes twenty million dollars a year plus right. with a shoe deal. Nobody like he. Yeah, I can understand him feeling that nobody wants to hear that. But I don't think Paul George realized. That's important. It's, it's almost more important for you to say it than for somebody else to say it, right. because if because people think, damn, and I okay, do feel for him. If Paul uh-huh. George feels his way, then it's, if he feels his way, then I, it's definitely okay for us to be okay to feel this way when when it when it you know when right. you, when it hits you. So right, and I do feel for him. I, I do understand, too. You know, poor people, middle class people, rich people. You know, I understand. Maybe more towards the lower class. You know, you know, hey, if I had twenty three million dollars, I wouldn't be depressed. But it's not really you about, hope you hope right. And it's not really about that. It's just the fact that you know. Taking away that he's a human being and he's depressed and I, I'm a human and I care. Yeah. I don't care if he makes twenty five million dollars more than I make because I, I ain't even close to that. Right. But I feel for him the fact that and I had depression for a little bit. It took try, you know my mom wanted to take medication. I saw a psychologist for you know once a week. So I understand that you know sometimes those things are hard to go through and they are are hard yeah. to go through and and it's something that does need to be uh, helped out. Um. So we feel for Paul George there. Um. They'll probably. Postpone the games tomorrow. They'll probably do some protesting. So we'll, we'll see what NBA when they get started back up. Right now, people that are trying to start is the NFL. They have 77 false positives tests. Mm-hmm. and Because they're trying to figure that whole thing out. Because football is the most contact sport right now, at least in the USA. I don't know. Rugby might be it for like all forever. But point is, is NFL had a bunch of false positive tests. So far, the NBA is the only team that maybe the NHL. I guess they've done a good job. But so far, the NHL and the NBA, WNBA as well, are the only teams that have impressed me in restarting their sports. Baseball to me has been a disappointment. A lot of teams have come down with it. They're all, they're doing okay, but to me, it's just they they've been a disappointment. And to me, it, it could go either way. Missing a lot of games. Baseball is just to me kind of a joke right now. Not that it's America's pastime. It's cool, but. Let's be real. I think it, they could have done a lot better job. Now the NFL is trying to start. College football is canceled. Most well, most of them have canceled because they can see this coming. What do you think about the NFL? When so, it comes to Corona, I guess. So uh, first, a couple of things. Like Eric said, they were they were all false positive. So none of these guys actually tested positive. I mean, it all came from the same testing lab. Yep. But um, first of all, a couple of things. One, it lets you know that the NFL has to do their has to do better due diligence when it comes to selecting. Which these private these labs? Teams. Right. Which private labs are going to operate with? Because that's important. Because imagine if this was during the season and all these teams have a pulse positives, and it happened on the weekend, I believe. Yeah, they would not I be think playing. There's eight teams affected. Right. They would not be playing on Sunday. That can affect your season. Like you, you know what I mean? Like a couple games here, but I key guy a couple games there. So they got to get that situation um, sewn up. Like if I were the NFL, I would dis- I would sever my tasks, cut the contract, whatever that lab that had all those. False positives. I, I I just separate myself from them, but it lets you know. It lets you know that at any given time, right? 
in this environment, everything could just stop. You know what I'm saying? And you got to be able to get it under control if you want to play sports. Yeah, and especially and football. And a lot of the teams, it looked like they kind of had a good. It was a good test run for some teams, first of all, because a lot of them got to see how they were responding and act in a situation like that. A lot of, I know a lot of the players had to stay home when they found out, and they had like a whole protocol and whatnot. But it's tricky, man. It's tricky business. Just not knowing when the ball is gonna drop. Who was gonna drop with? Like, all right, was it this dude? Okay, I was. Okay, we were just hanging out at your house, so now, now I gotta get tested too. Everybody that you were with. Yeah, and, and y'all was with me, so y'all gotta get tested right. too. Like, it's, it's, Absolutely. it's just, it's crazy. The more you think about it, and the fact that they cannot, it's, it's gonna be like we, like we spoke about this with the last podcast when it came to the Indians. It's impossible to get all these guys on one accord, right? Like, it's, it's right. impossible to get all these guys to do the right thing. I'm not saying they won't do the right thing. Right, right. I I'm just that. saying it's impossible. Because you can you can be at the grocery store, you touch the wrong thing, you, you wipe touch your, your face, face right. and you got you getting it. So, you can do the right thing and still happen. And with the NFL, man, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm highly skeptical. I'm highly skeptical that they'll be able to pull this off. I think the, if they do pull it off, it'll be because of one reason and one reason only, because they're stubborn. That's the only reason. If, if you refuse to shut down, then you're going you're gonna to complete whatever process, nigga. You're like, through hell or high water, we're going to get this season underway or right. at least complete it. So, right. And I think the NFL has that is mentality. That, is, that a, is that an official Bryce prediction? What? <laughs> what you're saying? I'm just, I, yeah, I, mean, I think so. I think they'll I think finish the season. I think they'll finish the season. Is that an official Bryce yeah, prediction? Yeah, I think they'll finish the season, but I, think, I, I don't think they'll finish. I think they'll finish it, but I think it'll be because they just refuse to not finish the season. Okay. I don't think they'll be like, all right, we, we ain't got no test. We cool. We get to skate to the end. Nah, nah, I don't think so. Not at all. But mm, we'll see. And then next, um, we're going to talk about Earl Thomas. Good old Free Earl. safety. The Ravens, 31-year-old Earl Thomas, free safety, who played previously the Seahawks and now Ravens and now nobody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's not funny. I don't want to be it is, it, it is. was funny the way you said that. I was like, I laughed at him saying it, not because Earl Thomas is is unemployed. We don't laugh at people being unemployed. So then what so then tell us the story then. Why 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 won't you laugh at the reason he's unemployed? Okay. First of all, Earl Thomas has had a whirlwind of the last twelve months or so, right? Last time we saw him when he was playing for the Seahawks, he was getting caught off the field. He put the middle finger up in the air. To the uh, Seahawks sideline. Now, I was one of those people who I understood why he did that. He wanted a big contract. He was actually he was balling. He was the best defensive player in the league. He's been and he has been for a while. Yeah. I'm a 49 fan. That rivalry between them, a lot of picks. But in particular, the season he got hurt, his last season with Seattle, he was on pace to pretty much win defensive player of the year. He was balling here. Broke his he broke his leg, ACL, his leg, something like that. He hit himself really bad. He's out for the season and he didn't get the contract he wants. So now I'm hurt. I heard because y'all didn't, you know, I'll play, I shouldn't have played. I play because, you know what I mean? I got to get this money. Right. And I get hurt. Screw y'all. I'm out of here. So I understood the, 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 middle, the middle finger. Then he had this situation with his wife, you know, during, you know, the, uh, during the, uh, you know, the summer or whatever. Really part, before the training camp, all that mm-hmm. cuff started, you know, they had a situation where he got caught. Uh, it was actually kind of funny, you know. He got caught in, uh, in bed with, a, like, with his brother, with some women or whatever. Football lifestyle, you know, I understand, I get it. I can't, I don't, I can't relate because I ain't balling like that. But hey, different lifestyle. And now here we are. He got into the fight with one of his teammates, and now I was surprised that that was enough to get him uh, released. Released, because I mean, football fights—that's normal. It's like I'm swear to God, like you get into a fight I'm with saying, your teammate, a grown, 
grown men playing a contact sport, whether it's practice or real, at some point you just, you know. I don't think it was a fight. I think it was just like a shouting match. I don't even think they actually put hands on each other. So, even if they did, like, obviously, you know, just, you know, high school pushing some shoving, yelling, you know, getting in your face. But it does, but the Ravens are one of those organizations. I've never heard of them not doing something like that, especially to a guy like uh, Earl Thomas. So it lets me know that they have probably been soured on him for a while. Maybe. I, I know they felt like he didn't live up to the contract that they gave him last year. Um, and with all the guys they got on their team, you know, I, they probably felt like he wasn't necessary. And I'm not sure what type of energy he probably had while he was there. But for, for them to be so quick to, to, to let him go lets me know that whatever he was putting up in the building – Right, so in locker room chemistry, something obviously. And people forget he, like I say, the, they uh, although he is thirty one, that Ravens team has a lot of young stars, right? They got Mark Ingram, they got obviously uh, Lamar Action Jackson, they got Marlon Humphreys on defense, they drafted Patrick Queen. Like they're trying to, they have a nice young guys in there. And a guy who's a solid veteran, who's thirty one, he's not too old. Where it's like you know, Juwan Howard, like you coach slash player kind of dude. Yeah. Where it's like you play, you play well, and I can give you some little bit of mentorship on how we do this at a game. It's a profession, not just something that I like to do. Right. And I guess Earl Town. I mean Earl Tom. I guess just you know his his reputation is taking a hit. Um. You know, he, like I said, in this past 20, 12 months, he he went from being like a a hollowed member of the Legion of Boom, right? I literally, before before he before the incident with him flicking off the Seahawks, we didn't really hear much about Earl Thomas. We, we heard about, King, we heard, always heard about Mar, uh, uh, Michael Bennett. We heard about Richard Sherman. They're the ones that talked the most on their team. Right. And we, we heard about Cam Chancellor because he was a big, you know, the big, right. strong guy, hammer knocking everybody out. But we really heard about Earl Thomas. He was always, oh, he's the best member of the Legion of Boom. But this last 12 months, we've, it's been one, you know, Bad, humiliating kind of buffoonery behavior right. coming from out of him, right. and you you factor that in with whatever energy he's putting off in that locker room, and so here we are now. Um, but I'm curious, who do you think who do you think should pick him up? I mean, I heard the Cowboys are kind of interested, <laughs> or not interested. We don't know. They keep they, there's like a fight between reporters. My reporters, I mean Ian Rappaport. And Jerry Jones, who's saying, "Oh, we are interested." In, we're, we're like, oh. Jerry Jones also, you know, you know, do you like the news or do you not? Because he keeps going back and forth right. on that whole thing. So I don't know. I mean, let me let me come from my perspective real quick. 49er fans, I don't know. We have a pretty good defense right now, but you guys are out. I read that you guys are you guys are out. Are, are we out on that? Yeah, okay. we guys got what, Fred Warner back there, right? Oh, that's true. We do. Yeah. Uh, well, you, he's a Fred, linebacker, yeah, but yeah, but, he's, but he's who'd but he's but who do you guys safety? I don't, I don't really care. Keep okay. Uh, we do have Richard Sherman on our team. You do, you do have Richard Sherman. You do have Richard Sherman. I don't know. Uh, to me, because and this is kind of goes back to like Antonio Brown. Uh, because before I get into the team thing, uh, at what, maybe this is my whole thing. At what point do you say, what, you know, like you said, so if they can assess, okay, for 12 months he's been an emotional wreck. And these things, let's just say, it's pushing that point, you know, the wife issue, you know, his contract, you know, the injury, a lot of stress he's going underneath. Again, Still a human. Right. Who cares how much money he makes? Still a human. And maybe there's just a lot of stress on him. So I don't know what organization to me. Maybe, you know, a smaller market team. I mean, the thing is, if he wants a lot of money, he's got to go big market. But maybe but maybe a small market team could try to make a deal with him to understand his situation. Green Bay? Right. Maybe, right. Because they're a good team. He likes that. They may give him some money. But Green Bay's 
not too big of a market, but they're a winning team, and he might like that. Yeah. Because the thing is, is at one point though, if he is still an emotional wreck, like Antonio Brown, do you, what do you what do you sacrifice your well, your, your image as a team for yeah. saying maybe he could always win? Well, let's be let's be careful because. He ain't no Antonio Brown as far, no, I, I, as, far as behavior. It's not like he gets right. into a bunch I'm, of I'm just saying, craziness. Now that he's up there in the air now, do teams say, well, I don't know, man. I don't know if I feel like. Nah, remember the NFL, we all, we know the NFL talent rules out. Like, talent. Cam like, Newton. He, he in the league, ain't he? He was the that last one. To I'm this just day, saying, he was know. the last one yeah. to get picked up. Bro, but still, he in the league. I'm just saying, I think somebody pick him up. Uh, looking guess, at, looking I, at you, Falcons. I guess, huh? I, I guess my thought is just, will it make teams – Think about a little bit more about their their emotional yeah. standpoint. Locker room, I think, my my team, how it well, looks. Well, I, I think first of all, if I'm like, well, well, he lose some looks because of that. Well, well, first of all, you're not bringing him in if you if you got like a bunch of young guys, you're not winning. You're not bringing him in. But if you got like a nice veteran presence, nice veteran culture, bring him in. Philadelphia, I think, should be looking at him extremely hard, especially with that defense they had last year. My God. <laughs> um, I think it's a lot of teams that could be, you know, I think the well the Dolphins will fall into that young team category, so they wouldn't even. But be yeah, I think Green Bay, you made a really good point. Yeah, I think a Green good Bay. team. I think you know, not 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 LA, not 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 Seattle, where the, you know, a little smaller market. Well, he ain't going back. To, I I don't think he will ever go back to Seattle. I'll no, be no, I'm just saying, like in the teams that he's been on. Yeah, Baltimore's not huge. It's not but, huge, no. But compared to Green Bay, you know, and some other some of the other teams, you know, Atlanta, you know, it's big city Falcons. Yeah, I, I think Green Bay, it just sounds good. Yeah, so. We'll see. Um, I think he'll get it together. But I didn't. You brought up a good point about the human thing. He like, he has technically gone through a lot in these last you know two years. So hopefully he gets it together. He's a great talent. He, I'm sure he'll be back on the field in no time. Let's just hope he doesn't go to the Patriots. <laughs> when you say that you don't like want him to go to the Dolphins um, because of the whole young team thing, I, I'm gonna talk about something else with the Dolphins. The Dolphins have made a statement that was their home opener. Yeah, for, their home for the home opener, they are going to allow 13,000 fans into the stadium. Mm-hmm. They have a capacity of 65,000. Yes, Bryce, I did the math. Hey. That's basically um, one person for every five seats. So that, that, that 13,000 goes into 65,000 five times. So mm-hmm. basically a person every five seats. So pretty um, much with Miami, r- r- you're going to tell the difference based on the season tennis last year. 13,000 fans. They should, <laughs> they should look exactly the same. So they should be, but, be pretty But, you know, so when we talked about the false positives to start off, the reason we went to Earl Thomas is because we wanted to get that story out there. But let's kind of wrap it back around now. I mean, 13,000 isn't huge. Uh, one every five chairs. I mean, that, that's pretty big. I mean, that's that's almost 10. I mean, that, there's a lot of feet between those. But the thing is, that's still 13,000 people. They still all got to get to the game. They got to drive there. They all have to walk through the gates together. Especially if it's like family people. Like, I don't know if it's like you can sit together as a group. You know, uh, versus, yeah, that's a good question. That's a good like, point. like, versus like, okay, so there's six of us. We're going to sit six together, then five chairs. But at some point, groups don't like to walk together. They're going to bump into somebody. Yeah. Is concession being served? It is. I heard concession oh, is being served. So concession is going to be served, yeah. which means now there's employees there, yeah. which is good for them. I do like that. Yeah. But. To, to not to take away, but take away from that. But is that the right thing to do? Because look, I'm not saying that playing without fans is, is cool. I've seen funny videos about like what things would have looked like without fans. And thirteen thousand isn't a ton. I mean, I mean twenty percent. Right. And like I said, one every five chairs is a huge thing. But I don't. I just. I don't know. Maybe it's a little too early. Maybe they can be like, all right, six week rule. Like minimum six weeks. Then we can assess that thing. But I, I don't know. What do you think? 
I'm, I'm worried. Um, I think that's very... Like you said, they're they going to stubborn their way through yeah. this. Something like this could blow something yeah, up. I, I, I'm, I'm very, if I'm, I'm surprised they're not more cautious. Um, at least give it a couple of weeks. At least let it say, down. I don't care how many chairs away you far from Florida, somebody. Like, Florida is, go, is right, a hot. Is, well, oh, that's, yeah. all, that's right. We talked about like, that. Florida was one of the first hot states. Yeah, so it's just, I don't know. I mean, and you got teams traveling. Like, I know... Uh, because also, it's also a competitive thing, too, right? Because not every team is going to be able to have fans at their games, right? Because, mm-hmm. of, the, because of the climate that their state is yeah. in. So some, I know the coach for the Bills, he was like, well, wait a minute. It's not fair. If, I gotta, if, if people get to come to our, our place and it's empty, you know what I'm saying? And we can all, they can all hear each other. We, we, we got to go to Florida and they got fans, you know what I'm saying? Where's the competitive advantage of that? So not that's kind mention, of an element as well. Like, Let's just say, like, we're cutting out nosebleeds. I mean, five seats is not. I think about it, it's actually a lot closer than I think. Yeah. Like, you, if you if you sit in the middle of a row and you need to go out to the bathroom and get something, you gotta walk by people. Mm-hmm. And if I do say what happens, families sit next to each other. I don't, whatever you know, you boxed in. That's twelve contacts right there. Concession. You know, I mean, there's they're coming in contact with a lot of people, and there ain't no tracing on that. You can thirteen thousand. Just do that by ten. Now you have one hundred thirty-three. I mean. Thousands to millions of people you got to now contact Trace and be like, have you touched this person? Have you come in contact with this person? So, I, I don't know. It looks like a... <laughs> that well, looks like a bubble getting ready to burst. You're right. What makes <laughs> me... And then I mean, well, what makes me nervous is... And this is probably like the final point I made. Is... For, for, for this pandemic, can, can we all just agree... That we all don't know. That we we all don't know what the hell is going on. Believing it's real, <laughs> it's not real. It's a hoax. Whatever it is, better safe than sorry. All right. Can so we, yeah, can, go ahead. Can we all like like? Can we all just agree that first of all, let's just all admit it. This is we all know this is our first time in a pandemic, right? So there we don't this really know. Nineteen eighteen. We don't know really how to act. It'd be nice if everybody act accordingly based off that premise. It's right? been a few months now, and we already understand why sports stopped. I think, especially football, who wasn't was finished and hadn't even begun to start in March when the whole pandemic thing kind of came out. And you've seen how teams, how other sports have had to assess it. Right. I think it's safe to say that we, they're more than knowledgeable of how this is going to work, no. or at least how things are going. Yeah, but it, it'd just be nice if everybody just looked at the bigger picture for once. Like, it's not about you. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, would it be nice if fans was there as a fan? Yes. It'd be nice. You know what I mean? I would love to have gone to an NBA game this year or NFL game. You know, well, I guess I can now. But I'm just saying, it would be nice. Right, right, right. I guess. But understanding that, all right, if we put 13,000 people in this one building, right, somebody going to have it. Let's just keep it 100. Let's not even sugarcoat stuff. This ain't, this ain't, the, this ain't, this, we ain't that type of problem. How much scanning process right. you want to do, temperature taken. Right. Because there's, there's reports now that have come out that saying a temperature does not, people have coronavirus without temperature now. Yeah. There's, there's no symptoms coming right. out. So like you put 13,000 people in one place and yeah, they spaced out. But, but like I said, five seats. They touching, like, they spaced out, they, they touching touch stuff. stuff. Railings. They in the bathroom. Railings, doors, doorknobs. Come in contact with concession workers yeah. who may or may not have it. I feel like it'd be stricter for them. But still. It's just I think it's a tricky situation. And I just wish that we just understood that I, I wish we understood that we don't know a lot. 
And because we don't know a lot, let's just be on the air of caution. And I just right? want to know if it's pride. We need fans. Right. This not this ain't the caveman era, right? We don't we don't see a fire now. Blah, 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 let's see what this is. Let's touch it. Oh, it's hot. Like we we beyond it. We smart enough to think, okay, we're in a pandemic. This situation sucks. But we gotta protect each other and go and move forward to the unknown because we don't know what's gonna happen. But instead of that, we're just drugging along. And I feel like the 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 the, the society thinking, you know what I'm saying? Like this this just shows you this 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 thing with the dolphins, it just shows you that this this pandemic is gonna go on a lot longer than we think, primarily because we just people just refuse to admit that hey, maybe we should just take an L. Maybe we should just chill. Right, so everybody, you know, with that, be safe, you know, love your sports. That's going to wrap it up for today. Yes, sir. Also, rest in peace, Jacob, uh, not rest in peace, but shout out to Jacob Blake for, for surviving and, and having your day in court. Right, so. Get well soon. Yeah, so get well, uh, Jacob Blake. But that's going to be it for today. Eric2320 on, on Instagram, Eric Bradley Rash on Facebook. You can follow me at Bryce SFHM Podcast on Instagram and Bryce Old on Facebook. But that's going to be it for us. See you next time. Peace.